and welcome to Tech Live. Stephanie Christopher here, Chief Executive of the Executive Connection. Tech Connect CEOs, executives, and business owners to the world's largest business leader network. Today, our guest is David Lawrence, the Managing Director and Co-Founder of Rocket, a multiple award-winning Australian digital marketing agency and co-author of the Amazon number one best-selling marketing book, Smarter Marketer. He's built four seven-figure businesses and successfully exited two of them. David's also a speaker and presenter on a range of marketing and business topics. And David Lawrence, welcome to Tech Live. Hi, Steph. Great to be here. Yeah, good to have you here. This is actually the last podcast that we're recording for 2020. Wow, I feel special. Yeah, well, you are. You're very special. Good. And we've been chatting about, there's so much we could talk about today, and, and I'm sure a lot of it will be woven into the discussion of your experience in business, but I'd love to know about your experience in business in 2020. That's a, that's a great question. Mm. It's, um, without a doubt, it's been the most surprising year uh, that I've ever had in business. Yeah. Um, there's no doubt about that. And I think people automatically sort of put negative connotations on 2020 when they think about all the things we've gone through but we're reflecting as a leadership group uh just recently actually on the kind of 2020 we've had and 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 for for many of us we've found it's actually been the most enjoyable challenging for sure and scary for sure but the most enjoyable year professionally that we've had Mm -hmm. um for a whole variety of reasons so tell me from your point of view, what what are the reasons for you? It's been one of the most enjoyable. You, well, you said to me on the way the most enjoyable year in business for you. I think yeah, you absolutely. Said. Yeah, I, I think for me, at, at my core, I'm a problem solver. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if I'm doing the same job for too long, and and by the same job I mean the same tasks, yeah. uh, often over and over, I'll become very bored and will slowly lose interest in it. And so, for me, 2020 has literally been one huge problem um, to be unpacked. And when you're working in a in an SME, you have limited resources, of course, mm-hmm. to solve your problems. Um, and so with a lot of the complexity in some ways stripped out of business, it's been a matter of trying to find great solutions to problems that you may not even fully understand the extent of those problems yet. So what's one of the problems that you think you addressed most effectively this year? Uh, for us, we're an agency, so it's a services business. So the most important asset we have in our business is the people. Mm-hmm. When we first started hearing about this virus that was coming Australia's way, uh, we were worried about the business side of things, but we were especially worried about how our team and our clients were going to respond to it in terms of the fear that people would bring to things, in terms of decisions people would make under pressure. So we we put a lot of effort in the initial stages in, of course, the financial side of the business to make sure that we were going to be safe, but also in terms of making sure that our greatest asset, our people were going to be um, not only working at their best, but understanding what their future looked like and giving them certainty one way or another about mm. how things were going to work out. Mm, I think that's been really important, hasn't it? I, mm. I can think back to... Maybe the first or second week in March, having the team sitting down. Mm. And I remember one of them saying, are you saying that this is really going to happen? Mm. That we're all Mm. going to work from home? 100%. Scared. Yeah, terrified. Which is so funny now, if I said it to that same team member, remember when you were scared about working from home? Yeah, yeah. And was that something for your team as well? They were anxious about what was happening? Oh, so so much. So we we had realized early in March, as a lot of people had, that, that things were going to change dramatically. We'd been reading, reading quite widely on the topic and doing as much research. And we made the decision that we'd have an all-team staff meeting on a Thursday early in March and just get up and talk about what COVID was. And for some people, they hadn't 
they certainly didn't know what COVID was and they certainly had no idea how it was going to affect them. It was still something happening offshore. So we did a large staff meeting, took people through what COVID was, what it was doing in other countries, um, the view of experts, because we're certainly not experts in 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 a, in a in a pandemic, but the experts' view of what was going to happen in Australia and, and explained to people that we would be making the decision to work from home shortly um, and they should assume it was going to be the following Monday. And I finished the staff meeting and the general reaction for people was, wow, that's a bit of an overreaction. Yeah. hardly any cases or maybe yeah. even no cases in Australia, why get people scared? And I actually thought for a second, oh, wow, I've really jumped the gun mm. here. I've, I've unnecessarily worried people. We had a, a, a team building activity uh, that night and we went out and had a great time. We were all sitting at a pub all huddled around really, you know, the mm. way we all used to socialise yeah, yeah. and um, came into work on the Friday and literally everything had changed. And there wasn't a single person by the end of the Friday who felt there'd been an overreaction. Mm. All of a sudden people were genuinely worried. But I think the fact that they had a plan that from the Monday onwards we'd be working from home, it did calm people down. I think it still took many, many weeks for people to understand how big the impact was going to be. I think there was still a, a feeling, you know, we'd, we'd probably echoed the Scott Morrison view, this is going to last for six months, mm. um, even though we probably didn't really believe that either. Mm. Um, I think it took a while for people to realise that their sort of hastily hacked together home offices really were going to be their workplace for most of the year. Okay, so problem solving with a plan mm. and you said something then that I think is really interesting. Because of the response of your team, you even questioned, wait a minute, am I heading in the right direction or not? And mm. then you thought, no, this is the right thing to do. Mm. How much of that do you think you'll take forward into the rest of your business life? Yeah, I, I think um, I think a lot of it. So we've always been fairly proactive with our communication to the team. We're transparent about lots of issues facing the, the business and the industry as a whole. We're, we're quite transparent about the performance of the company. But there's always a lot of thinking that goes into how and when to have those conversations. And mm. I think what, what 2020 has taught us is that people would rather know your view of what's going on and the direction you intend to take Um even if it doesn't turn out to be accurate, and there's been so many things in 2020 that no one's been able to predict, but people just want to know that you're thinking uh, clearly about things and you're putting a plan together. Mm. So so I'll probably in the future try to be a little bit less exact before I speak. I think mm. that, that that obsession with being perfect and never having to admit that you went in the wrong direction, we've all gone in the wrong direction in 2020 in different ways mm. and that's been okay. Nice, yeah. nice. What else have you personally enjoyed about this year in business? Um I've enjoyed seeing people learn a new way to work and thrive in it. Mm. One of the one of the things that was really interesting as a company, we've always been quite conservative. I personally have been quite conservative with with working from home. Yeah, same. You know, yeah, exactly. Like a dinosaur. Like it? a dinosaur. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And and you know, I, I think some of the dinosaur views have been proven to be right, and I think some of them have, mm. have proven to be wrong. And and that's great. We're always we're always out there to learn. So. For me, in the past, people could work from home if they had an appointment or, or something mm. important that took them out of the office. But we had no one in the team that was able to work on a permanent basis from home. Collaboration is really at the core of what we do. Mm. Um, we employ creative people and they have to solve problems creatively and that's pretty challenging to do when you're on your own. So so we'd always been quite rigid on that. And I think what we found when people first went home, um, there were there was an initial sort of gasp I think as people got used to their new environment their lack of routines they didn't even know where they exercised anymore could they exercise mm. and um, and a lot of people really struggled with those changes and then there was another period where people were blown away by how great it was to work from home and and I had probably a quarter of the team going I'm never coming back yeah. this is this is forever but very quickly though we had some extroverts who really struggled at home um, and they came back to the office quite early on a voluntary basis but o over the duration 
there were very few people left in the company who wanted to be on their own five days a week, no matter how convenient they were finding it and no matter how much they enjoyed some parts of their work. It's just been a really interesting journey to see what it is that people value from work in terms of the social side of things, the collaboration side of things, seeing the sky every day. There's a lot mm. of people who work in an intense way who for the first couple of months really didn't get outside very much mm. and that really surprised me. So it's been a really fun challenge to try to understand what's best for the company in terms of where people should work and how often they should collaborate but also combining that with what's healthy for people. What's that mix of leaving people to their own devices versus forcing them to do things that, that maybe get them out of their, their home office or, or their bedroom and, and what personal circumstances are going to affect people. So sort of it's easy to assume that everyone works from home in a really nice spare bedroom, but that's not the case. We've got people working in share houses mm. um, where they're working around the dining room table or working from their bedroom or um, working in all kinds of environments that may be great for work for some people, but perhaps for some others not, not so fantastic. David, how has this changed you as a leader then? If you say before you had kind of a single paradigm of mm. what work looked like, mm. how has that shifted you and how far do you think you'll go with that? That's a really good question. We sort of walk a fine line in our firm in terms of consulting with people, you know, genuinely keen to know how people are feeling and what they're thinking and what their perspective is on things. But I've always known that from my perspective, anyhow, an effective business is not a democracy mm. um, and that ultimately someone has to make a decision and have the courage to run with that. So I don't think too much has actually changed in that sense, but but it's definitely shown me when we're operating at the extremes that we've operated on this year that people have fundamentally different life experiences and work affects them in different ways. So I'm definitely more open to the way uh, the way work impacts on people mm. and trying to take that into account with our decision making, but also, as always, trying to balance that with what works for the whole and what works for the business. So ultimately, we've got to keep the business going. We've got to keep it profitable. Uh, if we don't do that, no matter how much we're serving individuals' um, specific likes, if we can't keep the business profitable, then we're not ultimately going to be able to help anyone. It's a challenge for leaders to get that balance, isn't it? Mm. So I heard something this morning was on the ABC saying about all that time that you thought you'd be saving, not travelling, mm. you're now just giving that to the company. Mm. And I thought, yeah, maybe around September it was like that. But I think now it's kind of swung a little more to that idea of people are just working to their level of productivity and that's it, mm. kind of. And for me, I can rationalise that and I want to put this to you, that even in an office People are actually only productive to a point. 100%, yeah. And that I wonder if the world's sh world shifted now that that's actually a little more overt mm. or transparent mm. rather than, well, you're sitting there from 8.30 till 5.30, but you're really actually only productive. I think it's maybe five hours max a day. They say. There's some mm. percentage. And it varies massively person to person. Of course it yeah. does. And probably project to project or time to time. Yep. What are your thoughts about that? Look, my, my thoughts on that, and I think we saw the whole the whole um, range mm. uh, as COVID went on. I have no doubt in the very beginning that productivity was really high for everyone. Oh, totally. 14 uh, Zoom calls uh, in a row. No doubt, yeah. absolutely. And there was a fear that jobs simply wouldn't be there. So yeah. everyone was working really hard to, to help the companies they were employed by and do the right thing by their clients. We're, we're very close to our clients, so we knew our clients mm. were struggling, so there was a lot of work. I, I don't think right now and it's impossible to measure it in a business like ours but i'm working on the assumption that there has been no increase in productivity by the time we're 
you know, in yeah. November, December 2020. And I think in some cases productivity um, is going to be a little bit up and in some cases it's going to be a little bit down depending on the work environment at home, the, the role that someone has and, and the tasks they're on. Um, the issue for us was never a trust one in terms of mm. work from home. We, mm. We're really careful about who we employ. We employ really mm. bright, motivated people and we, we're not overly prescriptive about how they solve the problems um, in front of them. We, we deliberately want people that are really autonomous. So I wasn't concerned about a lack of work. I was more concerned about their ability to do the best work mm. if they're isolated from each other um, and also concerned about people's mental health and mm. their physical health and their ability to be in the right headspace to do the work. Mm. Um, and, of course, we all have distractions at home, some more than others. I think working from home has been great in terms of allowing people to merge their home mm. and their professional life. Um, and make some decisions about how they use their time. You bring people in the office, they haven't got to make those decisions anymore, mm. but it can make life much more challenging for yeah. them. Yeah. Okay, so you started with the people mm -hmm. and naturally that was about where people physically are. Yep. You said something then about the extremes, mm. um, something about you know the business being taken to the extremes mm -hmm. because I'm picking that that's also part of what's been interesting for you this year. Yeah, absolutely. So we... Like everyone else, we looked at where we got our revenue from and started to model how we thought that revenue could be affected. And it, it was quite scary. Yeah. Uh, you know, we we're, we work with businesses across a range of industries and some of those industries include uh, travel and tourism mm. and events and other areas that, that we didn't think would exist the way they had existed. And, of course, that's exactly what turned out to be the case. So so we realised really quickly that if we pretended it was business as usual, um, that we simply wouldn't have a business um, at a certain point in time. But the, the challenge for us, and I think the really enjoyable one, was to sit down and have a look at all of our clients and work out where we thought they would go and then proactively have conversations with them. So we didn't just sit back and wait to see what happened. We went out to our clients. Once the, the scope of the disruption became clear, it was a matter of, um, I guess, leveraging the really close relationships we have with clients and seeing what their planning's like internally, what's going to happen with their marketing budgets, um, what's the time period, how do they expect that to change. And and we, we of course, we have contracts with clients, but there were no contracts that were enforced with any clients. It was very mm. much, um, is it business as usual? It, has business improved? We had a, we've got a, a client that has technology that allows them to do testing and yeah. so their business literally boomed yeah. overnight and, and so of course budgets were able to go up but we have lots of clients where uh, there simply wouldn't be budgets we had some clients that went into hibernation we had some clients that uh, we simply reduced spend but kept them on board and and a bunch of clients that went as business as usual so it was it was sort of tying down those relationships so we knew where we were going to be and then we looked at every model possible in terms of what do we do with our largest expense which is our people mm. so that's that's by far the number one thing we spend our money on and in the beginning we we literally and i've taken the team through this we went through every model possible mm. and we were quite transparent it was you know there's there's options to reduce the team size if if we lose work there's options to reduce salary or hours and this was all pre-job keeper mm. um so we were working on an assumption we were going to lose 30 to 40 percent of our revenue and that wasn't going to be topped up by the government at that point and uh, and how do we get by as a business so that was probably the scariest thing we went through in the year because it was going to have the potential to make decisions that were going to impact a lot of people's Be lives really tough yeah so when you had those conversations with your clients mm. how are they different from the account management conversations you'd be having anyway 
I guess they were different in that a lot of them were were business owner to business owner. Um, one of my co-directors, James, has great relationship with with many of our clients. So he went out and, and met with not physically at that point, obviously, yeah. but uh, but there were discussions with those clients in 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 uh, in campaigns where the account manager was the closest person. Then those discussions mm. would happen, but it was very much put aside the marketing goals mm. and let's just work out what's actually realistic. Mm. Um, and and the theme for us with the clients and also with our with our staff was this will end at some point we'll get through to the end of this and what company do we want to be at the end of it do we want to be a company that hardly has any clients and hardly has any staff and has to rebuild mm. um, and I know there's lots of people in industries that were forced to to take that as the only option but but we thought we had other options we felt we could be clever and get through this without losing substantial numbers of clients and without changing our team at all um, because we knew that at the other end there would be demand mm. for our services again. It's good. Mm. So you mentioned James. Yes. What is it that he's found interesting about this year? Uh, I think the thing that he's found interesting is how honest and cooperative and kind clients were. Mm. I think, you know, in in previous years when when two companies don't want to work together anymore for whatever reason, both companies tend to put the shutters up a little bit because mm. they're negotiating an exit or, or whatever and both sides want to get the most that they can possibly get out of the end of a relationship. Um, and that's fine. That's often the way things work and, and you, you do that in a civilised way and a, and, a, and a decent way but but you still know you're representing two different positions. And I think what James was really blown away by and what we were blown away by when we talked to our suppliers as well was that that was all gone. People were really willing to say, you know what, this is what things are going to be like for my company. I can't continue to do what I've been doing, but I can do something else and let's mm. try to work out something that works for both parties. We had, um, because we have clients that are large and small, we were really surprised by how great some of our larger clients were, mm. where they would say, look, we're not going to be doing marketing, but we know we are much bigger than you guys, so we can afford to help support you guys through uh, a transition before we just cut things off. So there was there was a genuine kindness there, which is not something I would have expected. Hmm. Um, when everyone was in the same state of concern, yeah, That's yeah, right. pain, yeah, yeah. Ge- genuine crisis thinking mm. where people did come together. I know that mm. probably sounds a bit corny, um, mm. but that was definitely the experience. Mm. And, and we're the same with our suppliers. All our suppliers tend to be small businesses mm. themselves, and it's the same same situation. You know, you're talking to someone who's businesses on the line um, and if you're going to be doing something that's going to negatively affect their cash flow you know there's a person on the other end of that conversation that that um, has responsibilities to their team and their family and and their community Mm. Mm. what was the most surprising thing about business this year for you or for james i would say the most surprising thing for us has been the bounce back for us so so losing the revenue we, we ended up being about 35 to 40 percent down in revenue um which is exactly what we thought and it came in two waves which is what we thought so so it was kind of bad news but because i think once you predict bad news it doesn't feel so bad when it happens but we had we had lots of models that we'd run about how the business would work and we we actually have seen a massive supply a massive increase in in, in demand for our services over the last two or three months and mm. that wasn't expected we actually thought with JobKeeper reducing that things mm. would really slow down that but we, cliff that's right. And the yeah. cliff was, was really worrying us. Mm. We, we had thought there'd be businesses that were just hanging on um, that would have a problem when, when JobKeeper reduced for so many people. And we also thought people would, to a certain extent, put decision-making away until 2021. We felt there was a real feeling out there that 2021 was going to magically be a different experience. Yeah, totally. Um, New Year's Day is going to be amazing, It's going to be amazing. Yeah, yeah, we're going to wake up and it's, it's I go, thank goodness that was over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, and I've been surprised that I think a lot of people have reached the conclusion that that's not going to be the case mm. and they've started um, considering reinvesting earlier than I would have than I would have expected. It's mm. mm. not good. Mm. Yeah, it's great, yeah. Helpful. This is a self-serving question. Mm. Note, self-serving question <laughs> coming up. How helpful was it for you having your peer advisory group 
during this? Yeah, genuine answer. Um, yeah. It's been fantastic. Yeah. It's been fantastic. In what way? I think it, it, it goes into different stages for me. So when we look at March um, and yeah. probably the first half of April, it was a total crisis. So Peter, who leads our group. He's your mentor. He's mentor. Yeah. He's fantastic. And he, he, made, he made the decision that we'd go to weekly Zoom meetings and it was brilliant. They were shorter meetings than, than the normal monthly mm. meetings. But it was great. Things were changing so quickly that it was a great opportunity to listen to everyone and see what was happening to their businesses and how they were responding to it. And then I think we all we all started to tire a little bit of Zoom meetings. I think mm. it's probably everyone in the world has tired of eventually. Mm. But each time we got to a phase where things were feeling a little bit stale, there was a, a tweak made to it. And we're back mm. face-to-face now, which has been a really good sort of burst of energy as well. Mm. But the ability for different people in the group to share their experiences and offer their solutions, not that one company's solutions tend to mm. work for other companies, but it at least showed the thinking that had gone into it. So whether it was putting together models for how businesses are going to look um, at six months' time or even more recently working out what what are people doing in terms of returning back to the office, mm. um, being able to rely on other people that have done the research and sort of summarise mm. the options has been really helpful. And, uh, yeah, and having a mentor that's calm um, it has also been great. And it was interesting. We had a, a meeting recently where Peter pulled up the comments we'd all put into a Google sheet back in March mm. about how we rated our overall business experience that month and the things that were the big issues for us. And it was terrifying. You know, yeah. a bunch of people giving incredibly low marks on what they saw their business outlook to be in the comments, um, all being around, you know, disassembling huge parts of their businesses mm. to survive what we thought was going to be the, the sort of the end of the world when it came to the the, um, the the business environment. So that was an interesting perspective that that's how we all felt back in March, whereas fast forward to to the end of 2020 and there's a high level of optimism um, and that's, yeah, that's good. That's supportive. It's great. What a great exercise to mm. go back and look at March. It was, I don't think any of us were scaremongering back in March, but you read those comments now and they mm. look hysterical. <laughs> Literally like. <laughs> not funny, hysterical. Not funny, hysterical. Yeah. Like, you know, running around in a, before a plane crash yeah. is kind of hysterical. Yeah, it, it was really interesting. And, and, and that was all pre-JobKeeper. And, and obviously yeah. that policy changed the way mm. we all experienced 2020, which was fantastic. But yeah, the, the level of concern was was high. And I think if if you are not in a business group, and you don't have business partners and you're having to make these decisions and interpret where you are in the world based on just what you're seeing in the news, I don't know how people would get through it psychologically. It'd be, it would have been a very tough March, April, oh, wouldn't it? Brutal. Would Job have been brutal. keeper or not, it still would have been very tough. Absolutely. Do you know what I, my experience this year has been? How happy groups of SME, business mm. owners and CEOs are, for someone in their group who's doing really well. Absolutely. Because you mentioned one of your clients mm. – I've seen examples of businesses that have absolutely boomed mm. absolutely. in this period. Absolutely. And I've seen businesses around them, some of them really struggling. So happy for that person. Yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, I mentioned it before, the kindness that we mm. felt from clients and suppliers. And I think, yeah, I think, I think the masks that we all wear yeah. at work have been taken off. I think there yeah. is a genuine happiness. I heard someone the other day comment, on how great it's been with everyone working from home when you're dealing with a an employee or, or a potential mm. client or, or, or an existing client seeing one of their kids walk behind the camera yeah. when you're having a zoom meeting or yeah. their dog barking the dogs that's Love right the like dogs. Some, some really yeah. in control ceo looking really stern and then suddenly their dog starts barking yeah, yeah, and they yeah. have to pick it up and, and it, yeah. it 
everyone's a person and I think that's probably before you asked about the surprising thing I think that's been one of the real wins understanding that we don't have to put a face on for work necessarily that we can be ourselves um, and there's a real benefit in that Mm. Mm. so the surprising things have been how business owner to business owner being able to have some really frank conversations Mm. yep that the dire sentiments of March mm. played out a little bit, not not as bad as as you thought, or That's as right. many people thought. That's right. Yeah, and that yeah, there's that. Everyone is a person. Perhaps we're relating to people. Mm. in a more authentic way yeah, than right. we were in January. Yeah, absolutely. And actually there's one other I probably should have mentioned. We, um, when, when we went through all the models of what we could do back in March to respond to the challenges, we made the decision really early that we didn't want to reduce the team size. We knew things were going yeah. to bounce back and, and building a team has taken us years. So yes. we committed to keeping that. So we went to the team with a proposal, which was that if everyone agreed, we would reduce salaries by 30%. Um, but we'd keep the same working hours mm. because we still need to service our clients. And uh, if we did that, then certainly in the short to midterm, there would be no reduction in team size. Um, and we gave the commitment that we wouldn't profiteer from it. So if mm. things were better than we had thought and we shared the model mm. where we thought things would be better, they're better than we thought um, in the future we'll change the 30% to be mm. to be less than that. Um, I wasn't surprised that people agreed to that because I know, our, know the team really well mm. and, and I knew that people would pull together. But it was still nice to see people doing it, even people that, that you know are having a tough time financially mm. still being happy to do that. So that was really fantastic. And then when JobKeeper got announced – um, and we got into the JobKeeper program, we were able to say to everyone, right, well, the 30% thing is gone, you're back mm. to full pay. And we then returned the money they had forfeited in the first, I think it was the first two months at that mm. point, got returned to them. So no one in the team had to lose a cent because of COVID. Mm. But it was just, it was nice to see that they were willing to do that to help uh, their colleagues, which I think essentially is what it's about. It's not about helping the company or, or mm. helping the business owners. I think it's about making sure that the person that sits next to them has a job at the end of this. So yeah, Wonderful. People pull together. So, David, we don't know what is going to happen on 1st of January or Mm. the 2nd or the 3rd or what March Mm. 2021 is Mm. going to look like. But I can tell that you have really learnt a lot about yourself as a leader. Mm. You've learnt a lot about your team and you've learnt about other SMEs and even larger businesses in Australia and I can see that's really going to take you forward Mm. into the year ahead. And what a wonderful reflection on the year that's been. And I love your optimism. Yeah. And uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Pleasure David. Enjoyed thank it. you. And happy great. new year. Yeah, likewise. Thank you. <laughs> so that's Tech Live for today. CEOs are in the business of making decisions, and leadership is the art of execution. I'm Stephanie Christopher, and look forward to talking to you next time. Mm-hmm.